All right, guys, we're live, and I want to first thank Andrew's Pizza for allowing us to do this podcast. And I also want to give a shout out to Basic Cafe, as well as introduce uh, my co-host Vanessa. Hello. Who is back? And yes. today, grateful to be back. Today we have a guest, uh, Toria of Mountain Valley Meat. Yay! Hi. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Thank you guys for having me. Oh no! Thank you for thank you for being here. So uh, tell us tell us all about uh, um, who who should we start with uh, the, the the business first or you? Um, either. Let's, let's start with yourself. Yes. Who's Tori? Toria. I'm Toria Johnston. Um, I'm a Hood River local here, and I was raised. I moved up here actually in '94, and so I've mm-hmm. been here for quite a while. I wasn't born here, but um, I'm really active in our community, 4-H and FFA. Um, I've been a 4-H leader for 23 years in our county. Um, Oh, Associate Leaders Association President for 14 years. Mm -hmm. I'm our county beef superintendent, which means I'm in charge of the beef program at our county fair. Oh, Um, wow. And just managing the shows and helping kids out if they need any help. Um, What else? Auction committee. My husband and I, Jason, we are both really active on our local auction committee that helps out the 4-H and FFA kids sell their animals. What, What is an auction committee? So at County Fair, the kids market their animals. So they raise up their livestock to sell during the auction, which people can come and purchase the animals really? to put in their freezer. Mm-hmm, I so. did. I did not know there was even such a program. You didn't. No, oh, no. Can, can you can I'm you elaborate on that? Absolutely. I'm such a huge advocate for youth and ag. So this is a uh-huh. great topic for sure, me. Sure, sure. And um, I also have a question too. So sure. I'm so interested. But go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah. So 4-H, um, 4-H and FFA. FFA is once you get into high school, uh, beginning of high school. So eighth grade, they start accepting kids in. Um, to their program, but for 4-H, you can start in the fourth grade, um, and that's when you can market your animals. Um, you can actually start in kindergarten. That's called clover bud. So kindergarten mm-hmm. through third grade, it's just getting the kids' experience with raising animals, sewing, um, public speaking. It's just really kind of getting them involved in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the clover bud kids, they enter art projects, um, sewing, painting, things like that, and they'll they, we have a little show Tuesday right before fair starts where they can bring their um, livestock projects. So a, something small like a rabbit or a chicken, um, something like that, KV, and mm-hmm. they can start showing on the table, get them out in front of people, learning how to interact with the judge who will you know, judge on how they're handling their animal. And then once they hit fourth grade, they can then... Uh, market an animal, which is they raise it up to become um, nutritious food for people. Hmm. Awesome. So how do how do people get in, or how do they hear about it or sign up? So our county extension office, um, Danny Anala is our extension agent. Um, there, you can contact them, and she'll be able to put you in touch with a club that's accepting new members. Um, there's lots of options in 4-H. I know a lot of people think 4-H is just about animals, but we have sewing clubs, cooking clubs. Um, there, yeah, so many different aspects. Uh, leadership, it's a great leadership. So um, it, it doesn't go through the school district? No. Okay. No, it's separate. They do mm-hmm. have, so times are weird right now. Yeah. So 4-H goes in and out. It's separate from the school, but I know that Danny used to do some after school programs with the school. So putting on some cooking classes, I know with COVID and everything, everything's kind of on a pause right now, but, um, yeah, there's lots of partnerships with the schools also to provide some after school, um, educational experiences. So, um, what's happening with, with that this year? So this year, you know, we're kind of just floating right now. Um, We're hoping everything's going to be normal. Last year, our county fair was not normal. Obviously, we didn't have it. Um, Our kids were still able to um, do a virtual show, so they uploaded a video of them showing their animal. So they got judged virtually, and then we also sold their animals for them through a virtual auction. So it was a new experience, obviously, for everyone. Um, Mm. This year, we are hoping to resume normal to get the kids in the show ring and get that experience. Being out in front of people just teaches such a great level of experience and public relationships and everything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We're really hoping for it. Yes. So when do people start to prepare for that? 
right now. So this, we follow uh, the school year. So, or sorry, for ages we follow school year. The 4-H year actually starts October 1st. Um, but most clubs don't really gear up until the first of the year, January, February. So kids have started already getting their animals that they'll be raising. Uh, beef projects, they usually start in the fall, so they get them a lot earlier because it takes a lot longer to raise them up. Um, but all kids right now are actually, I'm seeing pictures all over on Facebook, bringing home their goats and their lambs and their wow. pigs. And, so. and, and that they gives them something to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps yeah. them busy working on it does. an animal and, a project know, like that. I feel 4-H and FFA, it teaches kids such a great compassion for life and just to how to respect animals. Respect. I mean, and that goes into then respecting people and just everything. So to raise an animal and have compassion for them and learning how to care for them through different ailments or, you know, everything. and. Mm -hmm there's a science to raising an animal and yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize that, that you have to monitor their feed and make sure mm -hmm. that they're getting the proper feed that um, helps their body grow and keep strong and healthy so wow. lots lots on the back end that I think wow. people so, don't realize so how long does it take uh, do, do these kids raise an animal for about two, three years in, or one year, or like what's the time frame? That so their market projects, um, it kind of varies. So beef, like I said, um, beef they usually get in the fall, and they're um, usually usually what happens is your calves are born in the spring. You pick them up in the fall if you don't raise your own cattle. You pick them up in the fall and you raise them until the following summer. So they're generally around 18 months old when they're auctioned at um, our county fair. Pigs, goats, sheep, they're usually born around January time frame, mm -hmm. um, January, February. And so it kind of varies depending on that species, but then they'll raise them up until July. And at the end of July at County Fair is when they're ready for market. Um, small animals are obviously a little different. We do lots of kids do poultry, so chicken, ducks, turkeys, geese, um, and then also rabbits is another option. There's a market mm. for ra rabbits also. So. Wow, that's Those are a lot shorter um, period. Kids are actually turkeys. They already have them. Mm -hmm. um, they usually, around the first part of March, mid-March, they start getting them. So, so another question. So when they're auctioned, this is, um, this is an auction for them to be, become sort of uh, um, somebody's, uh, someone's going to use this as food? For sure, yeah. That's the purpose of learning to raise mm -hmm. and properly feed them so you can provide mm -hmm. meals for families. So you go to the auction. Um, it's the last week of July. July 23rd is our auction this year um, at the Hood River County July Fairgrounds. July 23rd. Yes. Mm -hmm. Anybody can come. You don't have to mm. pre-sign up when you get there. It's um, 4.30s. I'm put on the spot. I didn't double check, but I'm pretty positive sure. it's 4.30. Um, and they could always look up um, that information yeah. online. Yes, absolutely. Um, the Hood River County Fairgrounds, mm -hmm. I know they have a website and they have a Facebook page that they put all that information. Mm -hmm. The auction committee does have a Facebook page, um, Hood River County Youth Auction. But with that, we're only usually active on it closer to fair. Fair time. <laughs> it's yeah. one of those volunteer that makes sense. things. Yes. Um, so, yeah, they anybody can come to the auction. They can just sign up, get there, get a bidder mm -hmm. number, um, and just enjoy the fun. And, yeah, some... Now I, now I want to go. Yes, and I encourage too. I've the, never been. The big part, really, go to the shows. If you can get mm -hmm. the schedule of the county fair and go and watch the kids' show, because mm -hmm. it's not even a lot of people think the kids just go out there and mm -hmm. just sell this animal that it's maybe heartless. I know a lot of people feel mm -hmm. different ways about um, selling. Yeah, animals, I was I was about to ask, like, how do the kids feel when they when they see this animal? They've been like they they have to be emotionally attached Absolutely. to these to these animals and. I would have a hard time doing that now. Like, I couldn't imagine. You know, I have a hard time if, still with it. So. Like, if I was raising a goat or a bunny, yeah. I'd be like, no, I've, I've been feeding yeah. this thing for a, a year. It's your baby. Not, basically, I'm not going to let it go yes. to be somebody's food. So how, how? Friday and Saturday are usually full of tears in the barn. Aww. For sure, there's lots really? of tears. There is. But it's one of those, it's just a lesson, you know, to really, right. we have to eat, we have to provide. But these kids putting the heart and soul that they do into these animals. I mean, these kids, to be able to walk a 1,300-pound steer in a ring on a lead, and, mm -hmm. you know, this is a lot of time, a lot of love, and a lot of heart into these animals. And so 
how I say it, I know I have um, a 15-year-old daughter, a 10-year-old son, and a 5-year-old son. Mm -hmm. And so my daughter's been doing it for a while, but this is my 10-year-old's first year. And Mm. he's already like, I don't think I can sell it. We picked out a steer, Mm -hmm. and he instantly got attached. And he's like, Mm -hmm. I'm not doing this. But to teach them really that these animals have the best life an animal can have. I mean, you Mm -hmm. make it so their life is just awesome. Mm-hmm. up until that just one bad day you know and that's how we we have to feed the community we have to feed our families so you have to put the love and care and make sure that it's done properly and you know humanely and just put that love into everything you do and so teaching them that and we we sometimes forget that that's how humans live for thousands of years yeah. and and it's only in our modern sort of like culture that we you know we just go down and buy a hamburger we don't even think about the animal that used to be that that hamburger and by by re sort of like educating kids and just i mean um this is this is what it takes to keep you alive yeah right don't Mm -hmm. waste it yeah that uh, that's that's i can see the lesson in that yeah and just you know in the whole compassion towards i know i talked about this already but it's such a big i know to tell a little quick story when we're trying to lead um my son's steer you know he was getting frustrated because i mean Mm -hmm. he's he's a small he's 70 pound kid and he's got this you know huge animal this 700 pound animal just knocking him around and he's getting frustrated and but it's such a lesson to okay understand that this animal does not understand what you're asking of him you have to be patient so it teaches that patience and not to get angry over somebody not listening to you right away you know so and Mm -hmm. to communicate in a different way so i feel that these kids raising the animals it teaches them how to communicate with people who may not Mm -hmm. communicate their language too so it goes farther than just that's an interesting point animals yeah that's deep. Sorry. <laughs> I love that. I you love that. Yeah. It's it, it's good lessons to learn. You don't always learn that in school, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like that. You so know, and, it, and it's and it's I'm sorry. Go ahead. Like, Go uh, ahead. I was about to say so and, and it's not like it's not like the kids like like in years past like like they have to be the ones to kill the animals. Like they're they're auctioning them off and then they they don't actually have to see what happens. Absolutely. So they no. just um but it is still sad because I remember um, when I was about six, we were living in Arizona and I remember, you know, just crying my eyes out when I was like a little kid because, you know, I caught, I went fishing and we caught some fish and, and for some reason, like I knew they were going to end up as food, but when you actually see the stab come in, like, yeah. they, and like, you know, I just started like crying my eyes out. Like I didn't want that fish to die, but, yeah. um, yeah, but no. that, that, that is an important lesson mm-hmm. in, in where your food comes from and. And I think we forget, so so the old adage, you know, don't waste any food. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys were raised in a house where you don't raise, uh, waste any food, but um, in years past, that's, you know, you waste food. I mean, an animal just, you know, lost its life. So, that yeah. so. yeah, it's a good, that's what we teach our kids, too, is, you know, you give thanks to this animal for what they are sacrificing to mm-hmm. feed us and keep yeah. us strong. And so, yeah, yeah. So always don't waste and um, be appreciative and respectful the yeah. whole way through. So, yes. yeah, even at, on your dinner plate, you need yes. to be respectful. So. Yes, I like <laughs> that. That's that's a good message. So you sound like you're a busy mom helping <laughs> with like 4-H and the fair and the animals, but also you run a business. Yes, we have Mountain Valley meat. So back to that processing aspect yeah. of the animals. So my husband, Jason, and I purchased Mountain Valley meat in December of 2014. Um, we jumped both feet into it, having absolutely no experience in butchery. Um, I did medical transcription for MCMC in the Dalles and was always working in the medical field. And my husband built um, and managed communication towers, so your cell phone towers. So he Mm. was California, Montana, Oregon, everywhere um, building towers. So it was pretty much gone Monday through Friday every week. Um, And so, yeah, that's we kind of saw this opportunity and we knew that this was a business that needed to stay around in the community and with everybody wanting to know where their food came from and raising their own animals we just knew it was important to keep and when we saw that it was for sale we both kind of looked at each other and said do you want to do this <laughs> so we kind of jumped Jump into in. it yeah. yeah yeah it was a so, quick so you 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 guys learned on the fly on the fly no it was within four really? weeks yeah 
Um, my husband spent a couple weekends before we actually took over on December 1st, coming in on his days off to help out. What year was this? 2014. Okay. Yeah. And once we started that December 1st, it was just going within four weeks. He, yeah, just went with it. <laughs> wow. So, so is this um, the only but- butchery around here? In Hood River County, yeah. There's Hood a River couple County. other, um, you know, you have a couple shops in, you have Gardeners in Portland. That's usually kind of a name people recognize. Um you have Buxton's, Malco's Buxton's, and Sandy. You know, mm-hmm. there's a couple little shops. I know there's a new one that um, just went up up in the Washington um, uh, Seabirds. He started this last year, I believe it was. And then there's... Um, Nothing in the Dalles? Yeah, there's oh. one in the Dalles. Um, one for sure, two, possibly. Um, I know the Ed custom cutting he was the mobile solder guy and he's decided to start cutting also so he's opened up a little shop in the last year in the Dallas. Mm. i'm not exactly sure where it's located but where are you guys located we're up in parkdale okay miller road okay um pretty much right when you come up the hill and see the big beautiful mountain staring at Mm -hmm. you you take a left and we're right there (laughs) a left off off of 35 onto Miller. Okay. Can, can anybody just drive there and just buy just like a regular shop then? Somewhat, yes. Um, okay. We try to keep, we're mostly custom cutting. So what that is, is people mm-hmm. bring their animals to us to have us process for them to, you know, usually farmers will sell portions of animal shares to mm-hmm. um, friends, family, customers. Um, so they bring the animals to us to process and package to be picked up. Um, we try to keep some things on hand for people like hamburger and breakfast sausage those mm-hmm. popular cuts um we're just starting to venture into the retail aspect we just started two years ago we actually um, started up our own farm and so we're raising cattle also to sell so we'll bring those in to sell to people um and yeah so we just started in the retail we're in the process of opening up hood um a butcher block just up the road. On What's high. a butcher block? So it's going to be a retail meat shop. Okay. So that oh, wow. means we'll have display cases. Really? Um, with steaks, burger. W- where is this mm. going to be at again? So this is going to be right um, at the Mount Hood corner up on, in Parkdale. Mount okay. Hood, Parkdale. So the old Wake and Bake building, that's what a lot of people might yes. recognize. Yes, as. Wake yeah. and Bake. It used so, to be a coffee shop. It was a coffee okay. and sandwich shop. And so it's been a few different things over the years, but most people recognize it as Wake and Bake. Cause it was most recently. Most yeah. recently. Is, is there a t- time frame for when this is going to open again? I wish I had an exact date. We are working on it now, so probably still a couple months out, okay. uh, two to three months out. But you might announce it yeah. on, on Facebook. We will. Maybe. I yeah. had announced it a while. We were going to do it in downtown Hood River, and we decided to kind of switch gears and keep it up in Parkdale. So mm-hmm. we are in the process of the, I believe, actually, the sheetrock got put up today. So we've Ooh, just been yay. destroying wow. the building. Wow. <laughs> so remodeling it and everything. So This is... This is this is going to be a cool place to go to get Me? really high. You don't have to go drive yes, down yes. Highway 35 to the I'm grocery excited. store. You guys are definitely going to see me in there. <laughs> and we will have smoked product, too. That's something Ooh. that wow. we're really excited Ooh. about. We're going to have pepperoni and jerky, summer sausage. Dry, dried meat. Yes. So we're really excited about that. So. Okay. And we'll have local. Our goal is to eventually have it just strictly be 100% mm-hmm. locally raised meat. So... At the beginning, we may have to supplement out because it's just that keeping that supply up. But we're hoping to get to that point where we have enough local farmers to supply the store. So. And what what types of uh, I imagine there's going to be all sorts of different types of animals. Yeah, eventually, like yes, we hope okay. to offer whatever the community wants is mm-hmm. pretty much what we're going to have. We're going to start off with beef and pork because those are the two things most people are asking for, but. I've had a couple people reach out, you know, about chicken, turkey, um, bison. I think I think I, I I sent a question about I think chicken the other day. Yeah, that was me. Yep, the ground yep, chicken. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's how we connected. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So hopefully we will have all of those options available. So too. so along the along the butcher shop. So I, my question is is um is the farm raised, um, the the meat is is that is that like way different from what you get would get in Rosars and 
and Safeway, you know, the, like the ta- as far as like the taste, would it be a lot richer? Yeah, so there's a couple different things. So one um, specialty that Mountain Valley does that is really kind of not a lot of people do it anymore is we dry age. So our beef mm. is dry age, which means it sits in the cooler for 21 days. Um, mm. And that enhances the flavor, um, helps break down the, um, for more tender meat, more tender steaks. And yeah, it just gives that great flavor, flavor profile. Um, so the stuff in the stores is a little bit different depending on, there's so many different, I could yeah. go into this a lot. <laughs> so you have um, wet aging, dry aging. So wet okay. aging is pretty much, it's a quick packaging. You know, mm-hmm. the animal is broken down into big pieces and put in a bag. And then that's what's mm-hmm. shipped off to like your big grocery stores. So um, it sounds like right now you're just doing like retail to the public. It's not wholesale to restaurants Correct. or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. For right now, that's where we're at. We, you Is know, there like special permits you have to get? Yeah. So for us to be able to process, to be able to sell to restaurants, we'd have to be a USDA facility, which mm-hmm. so right now we're not federally inspected. We're just state inspected. So we have the Oregon Department of Agriculture comes out and does our inspections. Whereas if we were to be able to sell, say, our beef to our local restaurant, it would have to be USDA. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now the closest USDA facility is in Sandy, where we would have to take our beef there to get processed. But really? I, I, I didn't I didn't know that that's how the system worked. Yeah. So you, you so as of technically right, yeah. as of right now, you can't sell to a restaurant and they make your the food. Correct. That's yeah. not legal. No, not okay. from mm. our. No, so, yeah, if we want to sell our beef to a restaurant, we would have to take it and get it USDA um, Package. packaged um, and everything. So that just means that they have a federal employee on hand to just do the whole process from start to finish the time mm-hmm. the animal's there through the whole process to where it's packaged and out the you know wrapped and everything so sounds good yeah so no, another question i have for you so is is what you guys feed like like your animals is that different from what like is is fed in like sort of like the people who supply safeway or it could be yeah so every i think this is the unique thing about finding really reaching out to your farmer and finding out how they feed their animal because everybody does it differently i feel you have Mm -hmm. your grass fed and then our particular beef we do grain feed so they're Mm -hmm. out to pasture their whole lives we don't do a feed lot Mm -hmm. we call it our feed lot but it's just a bunker where we put put grain and then they turn around and go right back out to pasture whenever they want. So they're not locked in any type of stall or anything. Um, And so we do grain them. And then we also pick up um, spent grain, which is the brewery grain from um, a local brewery, and we supplement that into our feed. So we love it because we get to upcycle that waste product that Mm -hmm. the brewery would have to just ship, pay to ship out and be dumped in a landfill. So cows are really amazing animals where they can upcycle that product into a good source of um, protein yeah. for them in a supplement. So we have to add things to it because it's lacking in a couple nutrients that's been stripped out in the whole brewing process. But we get to, we go down and pick up big grain bins and feed that to our cows also. And So you pick up the grains locally? Yeah, it's mm. we actually go down to Double Mountain. Oh, cool. Shout up. out to Double Mountain. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for my beef. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or the grain to feed my beef. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, we go down there every week, pick up um, the grain, and then we mix that in with our feed that we have too. And, and we grow our own hay and barley. Um, they're on our farms, so pretty much everything's done just really locally, and that's really what we hmm. want to focus. I feel like on. we need to come to dinner to your house right? now, like yes. farm yeah. to table, yeah. literally. Yeah. Yes. yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. We I plant our it. fields, we harvest the hay that feeds them all through the winter. So, do you grow veggies too? So I just started last year. I should, um, yeah, I'll have to show you pictures. But I started a garden last year. I did my own, you know, with COVID when everybody got shut mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. My kids and I started planting seeds, and my I always have had a little garden, but this one went pretty crazy. <laughs> so I did <laughs> sell, um, do some produce boxes this last year, and so I'm hoping to do that again this year to kind of make a one-stop shop for people. Mm-hmm. What, wow, what, you no, what, you do it all. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> well, if there's uh, in case of apocalypse, we know where to go. Yeah, yeah. 
Yes. No, I'm kidding. What what uh, what what produce do you are you growing? I have a little bit of everything. It was a really okay. fun experiment this last year, and I just kind of went crazy and okay. I'm doing it again this year. Um, so tomatoes, kale, spinach, mm-hmm. um, lots of varieties of tomatoes. I'm doing cucumbers, um, peppers. Everything. Everything. I'm trying those cocoa melons. I don't know if you guys have seen those. I'm excited. That's about not them. just a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> What's a cocoa yeah, melon? It's a little um, cucumber that is. Yeah, it's the shape of like a little watermelon, and it's just mm. this little tiny. So, we'll see. Lots of things. So it's a fruit. Yes. It's okay. A, yes. So. Well, so okay, so you planted from the seed. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. I was gonna say shout out to. Um, Good news gardening because I know they sell plants and I think they're well. I just bought some kale from them, and so I was going to ask you if you went somewhere or if you just. So this last year was my first year doing seed starts. Mm-hmm. Normally, I always go to Good News every year yes. um, mm-hmm. and pick through their plants. And so this last year, since we were home, we did it. Um, and I do get some of I know I stopped by there just a couple, few weeks ago and got a bunch of flower seeds from them. And yeah, anytime I have, I got my soil start seed from them, or sorry, not seed, mm-hmm. uh, the soil. They have a really great seed starting premix soil, so mm-hmm. I don't have to figure out all of it by myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, they're so mm-hmm. helpful there. Great customer mm-hmm. service. The ladies seem very knowledgeable. Extremely. Um, about plants so if you're looking to start a garden and it seems like right now is a good time absolutely yeah some starts so tomatoes and peppers things like that should already and you start with the seeds i do you do this is only my second year doing it like i said normally kudos for that i've been trying to grow from seeds and for some reason i Every time I plant a seed, it just doesn't grow. So I start with a plant. Yeah. But maybe, m- maybe I'll graduate at some point into this. <laughs> Talk the to good news. I know anytime I have a pest problem or something, I go down there and they are extremely helpful. Or our county extension, I'll go back to that for you. Speaking <laughs> speaking of which, like how 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 do you you deal with uh, some of the pests that come into your vegetable garden? Like um, I imagine you have issues with uh, gray diggers. Great diggers, bit. moles, and you know, deer. You know, great diggers. Deer, no, which is surprising. So we do not have deer come on our little spot. Over at our farm, we have a really bad elk. Maybe call. they got the memo that you guys are butchers. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so when we bought... If I was a deer, I wouldn't want to step in that garden. <laughs> when we bought Mountain Valley meat, there were a lot of pigs on the property. I believe there mm. were 18 full-grown sows and boars. Um, wow. So we think that has something to do with not having a deer problem. Okay. I don't know. It's just a estimate on our part, but I know over at our farm, deer and our biggest problem is elk. So we can't mm-hmm. keep a vegetable garden over there. Well, they better watch out. Yeah. I mean that they uh, they're, they're going to end up in your store, and nobody would know the difference. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so, um, so I imagine like going into in in. To the meat and butcher business, you, you, what something that I've always like kind of found fascinating, but I never got enough time to get into it is learning about all the different types of cuts of meat. There must be hundreds oh of my just gosh, yes. like, can you go into that and like, how did you how did you guys tackle that problem? Because like to me, like when when I go to Safeways, it's like okay, I I think everyone knows like the New York strip steak. Mm-hmm. That's you know, but there's all these like different other types of cuts of meat like how did you how long did it take you to sort of like do you, do you feel that you guys have sort of mastered that or I wouldn't say mastered because I feel like it's it's you're constantly still on, learning. an ongoing yeah. process and so there's still things that sometimes people maybe from another country or something will pop in or you know mm-hmm. hey I visited this country and they had this can you make that cut and we're like Google Google is our friend yes. sometimes mm-hmm. yeah so a lot of it is you're learning when people throw different cuts at you that you've never heard of um being in 4-H, I did have a good understanding, and my husband also did 4-H. So mm-hmm. we we had that understanding of the, the basic cuts. Um, but so some of it was just getting in there and learning. And then, yeah, when people would ask for a cut, we would research it. And so there are so many options. And also really? you run into a lot of sometimes people's terminology is a little different. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think sometimes 
restaurants may market a certain cut with a certain name, but in reality, it might be something a little different. So, you know, Mm -hmm. so there's kind of things like that when people um, bring in, well, I want this. We're like, well, you can't get that if you Mm -hmm. get this, you know. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people say, well, I want T-Bones and New York's. So here's Mm -hmm. a little education in case you didn't know. Tell Um, us. The T-Bone, the bone that goes down the middle, it's actually two different cuts on that steak. So the smaller circle side is your tenderloin. Okay. And the longer side is your New York strip. And that's all it is, just like two different types of cuts put together. Two in one. Yep. So Mm -hmm. when you want a T-Bone, you're getting that tenderloin and New York strip all in one. So, but a lot of people may, when they're wanting to order beef, say, well, I want both or make the whole beef into T-bones or mm-hmm. something like that. <laughs> so. Is there, is there, so, so is there any, anything that anyone has ever said to where like they. That they, doesn't make sense. Yeah. So they, they, they think that they know that they, but, but in your All mind, time, in, right? in, in your mind, you're like, they're in, always in, right. and in your, in your mind, you're just laughing because you're just like, this, this person has no idea what they're talking about. You know, some it's. Again, it's that terminology, and yes, we do get that sometimes when people, you know, they hear from a friend or mm-hmm. they saw it on a cooking show or, you know, something like right. that. And so, um, but you know what? My husband and I love talking to people and we love educating people. So we love having the conversations and we get to learn. I know we have a couple mm-hmm. customers that um, started bringing their beef to us and wanting some really just off the wall cuts and different. And it really, it challenges us to learn those cuts and learn. But why, why would they need off the wall? Like what are they doing with that meat that they need? You know, a lot of people who have traveled a lot. So, you Mm -hmm. know, those of us that are just like, okay, you give me my New York, give me my ribeye, make the rest in a burger, you know, type Mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times you go to France or, you know, something like that, that you have this culinary masters, um, not to say we don't have any over here, but you know, um, they learn just different ways to utilize the whole animal. And so I think sometimes people are just like the tribe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. That's <laughs> not a very common cut that people want, but yeah, what is, we do have that. What is tripe? Yeah. Um, it's the intestine. Correct? Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. And you can do, can, can you do that? Can. We can. So that is something we are super proud of at Mountain Valley is we can utilize the whole animal. So I know a lot of places they won't save certain organs or things mm-hmm. like that because mm-hmm. it is extremely time consuming, like, um, for stomachs, you know, when yeah. we have customers that want that stomach back, it is time consuming to take that and dump all Clean the contents. It out. Actually, it's funny that we're talking about this because just last night I had a 4-H meeting where we brought an actual cow stomach to show my group just how big these stomachs are in the different, Mm -hmm. there's actually four compartments to a cow stomach, so it's not just one. Um, So Mm. we got to show them the whole process of the digestion process of a cow. And Mm -hmm. so, but yeah, it's, those stomachs just hold a lot. And so, (laughs) but... If somebody mm-hmm. wants that back, then we are more than happy to utilize that instead of it just being thrown away. So, so you you guys you, you guys do use the entire like mm-hmm. cow. For yeah, if um, we do dispose of a lot, if people don't want it, so we are custom, so we can't personally just mm-hmm. take whatever parts we want. You bring in as, us in an animal, you tell us what you want, and we give it back. So um, I bring you a cow, and you know, I just say, I don't want a New York strip out of that entire cow. And this, you're like, oh, we get the rest, go, right? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> but there's lots of parts that people, some people balk at eating heart or liver, things like that. But then there's other people that just love that stuff. The so. tongue. Mm. The tongue, yeah. Mm. Super. That is becoming more and more popular. Yeah. When we first started, there weren't a lot of people that asked for that. And now... Have you mm-hmm. had tongue tacos? I have. Yes. Do you do you like it was okay? <laughs> <laughs> it was I'm a huge texture person, uh-huh. so I did have a little bit just with that texture, but okay. it wasn't bad. Yeah, I would. I love um, lengua when it's like fresh, mm-hmm. freshly made, and then mm-hmm. um, you saute it with like onions, tomatoes, and it's kind of like shredded. Okay, mm-hmm. not really chopped in cubes. I like the shredded. So I might like that better. I had it cubed up, and mm-hmm. so it was a little, the texture for me wasn't quite Right, my yeah, favorite. so that's that's why I like the See, shredded. And try. then I, <laughs> I like, smother it in green salsa, <laughs> and so I don't even realize I'm eating a cow's tongue, but yeah. it's really but good. It, 
but Tacos it has a good, fla- a good yes. flavor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now I want to make you some. No, yes, <laughs> I would love it. But yeah, the whole, and even with pork, so we are traditional in the aspect that we do a, um, a technique called scraping and scalding. Mm. So it's where the skin is actually left on oh. the pig. And so mm-hmm. we can utilize the skin for chicharrones. Oh, um, mm. yes. can get their fat back to render, to use. So yeah. The lard. Yes. To refry your beans. Yes. Mm. So, yeah, we're, we love that about what we do. It almost, it's time-consuming, it, but... It seems to me like like a, a lot of what you're going to have to learn is, is going to um, uh, be um, stuff that is... is accommodating. Kind of accommodating to... Um, to the community. Yeah. The like, population. Yeah, like stuff um, that's, like, traditionally, like, from Mexico. Yeah. And... and, mm-hmm. and so there is that like another learning curve there or it's like um, absolutely yeah absolutely um a lot of it like cleaning the stomach things like that i mean uh-huh. i know a lot of places just won't deal with that but if we can utilize and respect that whole animal and give everything back that could oh, possibly totally. you know that yeah. is totally. so much better for our environment just everything now what about what happens to the bones so that mm. if you want them back, we give them back. That's another thing a lot of people make Because you can stock. eat the bone marrow, mm-hmm. right? You, you, mm-hmm. Bone marrow. Well, what I was thinking was really, like, popular now, especially, like, a lot of people going into keto. It's, like, bone broth and yeah. and stuff like that. Absolutely. So do you, would you, do oh, you guys, Oh, that's like, something you should sell. Do you guys make, would retail. you guys be making bone broth, too? That would be far down the road. But, yeah, that's okay. we would have to have a licensed kitchen for that. Mm. So really? that yeah. would be. I asked because... Um, like I, I think it's it's like a it's like a long process to make bone broth. Like you have to boil the bones for like I think something like twelve hours, twenty four hours, something 24. something a long, a long time. Yeah. So for me, when I make it, I broil the bones first to get a nice with some olive oil, salt and pepper, get a mm. nice little char. Then I'll put them in a crock pot or a, some type of pot to um, let them sit. I like to go at least twenty four hours. So the longer I like to go a while. So um, twenty four hours on a boil slow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I add carrots and garlic and celery and onions, um, bay leaves and some turmeric. So that's how I do my bone wow. broth. <laughs> that now sounds I, really now good. I want bone broth too. <laughs> yeah. Dip yeah. my taco in my bone broth. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So y- if the bones can totally be used if you want them back. Mm-hmm. If not, the people that don't want those types of things, what we do is we do have a company that comes and removes all of that waste. Really? And it gets made into, you know, your makeup products or anything like that. So they take so it away. So everything is used. They the recycle it. Yeah. And I'm not exactly 100% sure what this particular company does. But, yeah, they it all gets mm. boiled yeah. down and... I was just about to, oh, I'm sorry. I was just about to ask about, like, like the head itself. So you have, like, and I'm not trying to be disgusting, but, like, mm-hmm. like, the, like the brains and the eyes. And, mm-hmm. and those are those are utilized, too, in some way. Like, Thank those don't go to waste either. No. Sometimes they do if the customer doesn't want them. A lot of times people do pick up their heads to use them, whether it be really popular right now, mm-hmm. just using the skulls to do artwork. That's mm-hmm. a big thing over the last couple of years. Really? Especially if there's any horns, you know. Um, artwork. Yeah, to display, you know, they have, um, they remove everything from it and get it all bleached and then you can do different, I've seen people engrave in them or paint them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but we do also use, so we have, um, if somebody's not wanting things like that back, um, we donate a lot of that to different programs. Like we actually just had a school over in White Salmon, the science the high school science teacher I believe it was in White Salmon I shouldn't say the name just in case it wasn't right but they always take eyes they ask us for eyes so the kids could dissect um, Mm -hmm. and learn so any part that somebody doesn't want we will donate to um, education education we have paramedics reach out to us for what's called a pig pluck so it's the esophagus and the lungs Um, so if we have what they'll give us heads notice we can ask people hey if you're not wanting this part of your animal can we use it and we donate and what it does is they teach their paramedics how to intubate because it's the most similar thing to a Mm. human for training yeah for training so um the high school ffa we donate lungs to just different things like that for kids to be able to experiment and learn and dissect and um so yeah we get lots of people asking us for different parts like that so if if you were to bring in a beef and you said, I don't mm-hmm. want the head, I don't want this, then we can always turn and You can still someone. use it. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
not all the time, but yeah, lots of times we can try and take those pieces and put them to work. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. So um, my my question was, um, my favorite thing to eat is during the summer, especially because you know the sun's out. You have the cookouts, carne asada. Mm-hmm. That's the skirt steak, right? So it, yeah, the skirt or the flank. So those are different cuts that can be used. Um, you can kind of really, it's just thinly sliced, so steak. So we could take it from different cuts. Um, we offer what's called the rounds. It's the hind quarter on the beef. If somebody doesn't want certain cuts out of that, we can say, hey, we can make carne asada, which we just thinly slice it for. Mm-hmm. So depending on the cut you use, you'll have to marinate longer to, you know, the rounds are a little bit tougher. So get some of the acidity. Where, where, does, where does carne asada, that, that what, what part of the beef does that come from? So there's the flank is a really popular cut to use for that. Um, but like I said, we can For people slice. who don't know what the flank sorry, is. Sorry, the flank is, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the, right where the hind leg re, um, touches onto the belly. So that little crevice there. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so that's called your flank. Um, so that's a popular cut for carne asada. Um, but like I said, we can thinly slice any any cut in to make it so people can mm-hmm. um, I know some people say I just want carne asada out of the whole thing so we can take any portion and just thinly slice it and, but like I said depending on the cut itself is how you want to treat it as far as marination and things like that some are going to be tougher so you'll need to marinate a little bit differently hmm <laughs> that's yeah, millions so there's uh, so much to learn <laughs> I know I so so much so um I hope you don't uh, mind this next question. This is, a, this is a, I've always wanted to ask a butcher this, <laughs> but what's uh, what's your opinion on um, on like that Wagyu beef? Like like when you see it Safeway, what's why is that so sort of like pricey? Wagyu and I think Kobe, Kobe. So what's the deal mm-hmm. with those? So I wish I had more experience on those. Um, I haven't really dealt with those a lot, and so I think we've only had mm-hmm. one customer that's brought in. Um, the Wagyu, um, but it's that higher fat content, flavor, fat equals flavor. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So it's that you see those pictures and it's, there's all the white. That's all your marbling, your fat. Mm-hmm. That's um, that particular beef can take on and have all of that flavor and fat into it. And so with raising animals, there's such, like I said at the beginning, there's a science to how you do it um, and what you feed, when mm-hmm. you feed it and how long you feed it. So. You can always put something, you know, just you think, oh, this grass is fine. They'll turn it into protein and I can. Well, you have to treat that grass as feed because that's what it is. So you have to make Mm -hmm. sure it's got the good nutrients. It's growing healthy, you know, strong and everything like that. So that Wagyu beef is that higher fat content, lots of flavor. And so a fat cow. (laughs) So and I wish I had more education on that particular beef but that is one that i'm not super familiar with oh that's interesting so 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 more fat on a cow is is more desirable because i think i heard i've heard different things on it like some people like they they don't like a lot of fat Mm -hmm. because that means it's not natural and then other people will say well that's where all the flavor comes from. That's why I yeah. want a lot of fat on my on my beef. And that's definitely a personal preference. That's mm-hmm. where it's you get into the grass-fed versus the grain versus, you know, there's so many different mm-hmm. wide varieties there. Um, some people for, you know, maybe particular health reasons that can't have the higher fat. So beef does have a good fat content. And mm-hmm. the leaner the beef is, obviously, you know. Uh, so if you can't. If your particular diet says low fat, then, you know, that's something you're obviously not going to want to have <laughs> a huge mm-hmm. piece of fat in the middle of your steak. Um, but with that, so the fat on, there's a couple different. You have your outer layer of fat on your steak, and then you have the inner marbling. So that's where it takes a little bit longer to get inside that muscle and to get that flavoring in it. So that's where you're really wanting that fat content is to be um, not just on the outside. But Hmm. that all takes, you know, how long you feed them for and your personal preference. A lot of people maybe don't like, like we dry age. I made comment about that. Some people, if you don't like a stronger beef flavor, you may not like the dry aging process. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe you'd rather, you know, have a 
a little bit different flavor of your beef to add your own seasonings you know mm-hmm. us personally we just like a little bit of salt and pepper so we can actually mm-hmm. um, enjoy that now will, will you guys be selling uh, spices and everything then too that's a hope too seasonings <laughs> that is a hope yeah, seasonings we've and, been kind and of and will you make your own Mm. Park I day hole from your garden. <laughs> right. I actually <laughs> did buy peppers this year so I could try to make my own um, salsa. Well, oh. and just to dry them oh, to make yes. my own pepper flakes. But mm-hmm. um, oh wow! But yeah, um, hopefully that would be in the works later. We have lots of ideas for a ton of different things, but um, it's all just again to do seasonings. You have to have a certified kitchen to be able to mix it in mm-hmm. and package them. So. That's those types of things we would have to have those access to. But so for right now, it's a no, but we will be, our hope is reaching out to um, other local people, you know, to find people. We wanted this to be a community. The, mm-hmm. um, the retail meat spot, I mean, everything we want, community involvement, but the retail shop are really hoping to reach out to local ranchers and farmers to sell their mm-hmm. meat through our facility. Um, mm, we hope that's to, a good idea. Yeah, yeah, we hope to have those spices if we can, you know, have someone that's local that makes them um, barbecue, you know, sauces. Monthly club. Like yeah. Meat club. <laughs> yeah, and that is actually <laughs> one of my meat club first, membership. Yes, that is one of my first goals when we do open is to offer more of a monthly subscription. So mm. people can log on and pick just up packages pick and up and have it ready. Nice. Yeah. And then hopefully, maybe in the future, doing a delivery. So that's something we're working on, too, and even possibly mailing uh, meat to people. So Locally. Of, yeah. Well, that's wow, definitely a possibility so now exciting. because we have uh, – what was that food delivery service? I, I just completely just, like, phased out. DoorDash? DoorDash, I think. Is it? I think, I think they're opening up DoorDash. So I, I saw some – somebody posted on Facebook somewhere. I just saw that saying yeah. that DoorDash was in Hood River. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, so I think people will be able to deliver. That's exciting. (laughs) I look forward to going up to the shop and picking out some food and then posting posting about it in my (laughs) Instagram videos. Uh, Another another quick another quick question. Um, Like any plans for uh, for any fresh milk and uh, what's going on? Like any plans for um, fresh eggs? I don't have plans for those. Basically, two we're things. wanting everything yes, at this we're point. We're going to drive to Parkdale yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to partner with um, someone to sell milk. Yeah, that would be awesome okay. to eventually. If have anyone's it listening and right. you have milk and eggs to sell. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I know we have, um, you know, there's some dairies over in Washington that um, are actually customers of ours and bring us beef. Um, Pearson's. Um, I'm totally drawing a blank on Mountain Laurel, Jersey, I believe is their farm name. I shouldn't even be saying anything without knowing exactly. But um, anyways, but the problem lies in between the state, our state line, even though we're all so close. So it's finding um, somebody who can sell to us in Oregon. So I don't locally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even though he's local and I know he sells to a lot of local people. There's that there's no. that Washington border. <laughs> yeah, that'll be great. But but there is there is a point is which I can imagine it's like like this can go on forever. It's like now now <laughs> yes. that we have milk, it's like now we can get we, now we can make our own butter and cheese. Yeah, we've outgrown right? our milk. It's like it's like on and on <laughs> it goes. <laughs> Within the first month of opening, we're gonna outgrow. I can see it. <laughs> right. Well, that would be good. Yeah. God willing, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So. Um, this was fun. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, before um, before I wrap things up, I always uh, want to kind of end things with uh, what are your favorite restaurants and what do you like to do in Hood River? Oh, my gosh. What do you do for fun around here? Um, besides work? Is there <laughs> 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 well, I was I know we were talking a little bit before and I was um, telling you that we just don't get out very much lately. And I have a date night scheduled into my calendar every mm-hmm. Wednesday that we never quite make. And my husband and I keep saying we're going to come down and... Um, I know there's some restaurants we haven't been to in a while. So we love to come down to Divots. That is one restaurant mm-hmm. that um, you're looking Divots. at me confused. Divots, Divots on the golf course. On the golf course. Oh, okay. okay yeah. Um, 
Just for everyone's reference, I'm also discovering Hood River as I go. <laughs> <laughs> so Divis has an amazing happy hour. Yes. Um, and yes, wonderful yes, food yes. and drinks and uh, hospitality. Their mm-hmm. staff is, yeah, we haven't been there for a little while. So I love the outdoor seating. It has beautiful views, the greenery, the trees, the mountain. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, the drinks are good. The service is good. It is. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So love, love going there. Um, how many are you wanting? <laughs> um, Just I your know favorite. That's only one your of my favorite. So we do do uh, divots. Um, so we go to Apple Valley a lot up in mm-hmm. Parkdale. Um, I know that's a pretty popular barbecue. And Sawtooth up off of Highway 35. Are they still open? They are. So they are kind of switching their hours. I know I just saw a post that they're starting to open up, I believe, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday now. So mm-hmm. I know COVID kind of shut it down for a little mm-hmm. bit. They had such great yeah. pizza. Oh, they do. And their yeah. nachos mm-hmm. are amazing. And they make nachos a really... at mm-hmm. Sawtooth? At Sawtooth. Mm-hmm. Really? To try that. They have a pulled pork nacho, too. That is really good. Um, and they make a really good lemon drop. <laughs> 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 Huckleberry lemon drop if you want to get super fancy. <laughs> okay. I know where I'll be. <laughs> um, they are going to start... I think I saw that they are going to start their outdoor stuff I know they used to have bands out there and stuff, so I don't know when that can start happening again, but I know you can eat outdoors right now. Mm-hmm. Um, at Sawtooth? At Sawtooth, yeah. Not indoors? Uh, you can eat indoors, indoors now, okay. too. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yep. Sounds good. Um, where else do we like to go? I yeah. mean, um, do you have any, like, local kind of recipes or where you get, I mean, I'm sure you get your stuff <laughs> from your garden, but... Anywhere you like to go to create your local recipes? Um, I, I don't know if that made sense. It does. So I um, get produce boxes from Lisa Perry at Cody Orchards. Mm. Um, so that's usually kind of helps keep me creative because it's whatever's in the weekly box that mm. I get. So when mm. I'm not growing my own vegetables, I reach it because I don't obviously do the year round. And um, plus the pears and apples. They yes. have, they have yes. produce boxes yeah. that, that they grow? So she, I know, reaches out and partners. She doesn't uh-huh. grow all of it herself, but she reaches out to local people, and okay. it, it changes depending on the season and everything. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's a great resource to have for sure. <laughs> and I know you wanted to give a shout-out to two businesses. Yeah, um, Lisa at Cody Orchards. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Lisa. Shout out to Lisa. And then also Melissa at Poor Girls. Okay. They're in Odell's mm-hmm. Coffee Cart. They serve an amazing breakfast and lunch. They have some hamburgers and BLTs that are really good. Oh, um, Super friendly service, yes. Okay. I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Yes. <laughs> it's um, located. It's That right main strip in Odell? Yeah. Yep, main strip right next to the post office. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, uh, guys, it's been fun. Um, yeah. Unless there's any any last minute uh, shout outs or anything, then um, uh, I think that'll. I don't know. Just enjoy the weather. I know it's beautiful <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I think today, I said the same thing last time. As of today, April first, the uh, the weather is starting to be really nice outside, it's not and it's no nice. joke. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So definitely, um, everybody eat healthy. You, you know where to get all the, the great produce and the fruits, and now, now you have a new uh, place to get your meats. Yes. Something to, to look forward to here in a farmers. few months. Yes. Yeah, totally. Give them a like. Check, out, check yes. them out on Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. And ask questions if you're ever curious, for Mount- sure. Yeah. And you said it was Mountain Valley. So we're Mountain Valley Meat. Um, on Facebook. On Facebook, and we're Hood River Butcher mm-hmm. on Instagram. There okay. you go. All right. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us for another episode. And I definitely hope you will join us for more. And uh, this has definitely been informative and fun. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thanks, thanks, Toria. Bye. Bye. Bye.